Hey guys, we're your hosts, Annie and Mariah. We're unraveling life one conversation at a time, and we're leaving nothing left unsaid. Hey guys, welcome back to Nothing Left Unsaid. Today, we are going to dive into... Oh, we're going to talk about social media and the good, the bad. I feel like mainly bad. I feel like it's really mainly bad. Like social media is really taking a turn. It is not healthy to be, I want to say sunken into social media, absorbed. It's not, it's not healthy to be absorbed in social media and every, um, I'm sure that almost every single person listening to the podcast right now is absorbed in social media but i also feel like they're gonna agree with what we're saying or what we have to say because i feel like a lot of people are now realizing not i guess it's toxic for a hundred percent yeah the toxicity of social media with all the filters and Mm -hmm. trying to be perfect and the editing and just everything definitely it takes a big toll on your mental health because you're comparing and you're constantly comparing constantly comparing (laughs) like you're on social media and then you get off social media but you're still comparing yourself to whatever you saw or you know it's it's hard because people are only posting what is perfected and not what is real and true and sometimes I'm for sure guilty of that But I feel like I really try to post shit that's real and to just be, I'd rather be relatable Mm -hmm. than be perfect. Yeah. Because like with my posts, whenever I put something on Instagram, which I haven't been doing lately either. Like my posts have really decreased. But when I would enhance my photos, it was just for lighting. Mm -hmm. Like I would never go over my skin and try to like blur out any blemishes or things like that yeah facetune or whatever i don't even know how to use that or like um i have it on my phone and uh, if i'm being honest usually i use it for there's a whitening effect Mm -hmm. so i'll use it to whiten portions of a photo so like Mm -hmm. if a shirt is white i'll make it like whiter yeah um and i don't i literally don't use that for everything it's only if i really feel like editing a photo i also just enjoy editing stuff like Mm -hmm. that so i kind of do it just for myself but when it comes to my posts online i don't smooth myself or whiten my teeth or which it's it's always fine like i think like if somebody enhances a photo just with the color like to Mm -hmm. match their vibe that they want it i get bothered when you start smoothing over your face and making your body smaller Mm -hmm. or larger like you try to like give yourself hips if you don't really have hip you know like tighten your waist and it's like yeah my thing is always you know I don't mind it when people edit a photo and it is what it is and it's your shit and if that's what you think is makes you happy then like whatever do it but I always think like I don't want somebody to go to my profile see my page and look at me and like see me in real life I don't want them to be like she doesn't look the same Mm -hmm. that's like a fear that I have I don't want people ever creeping me on social media before they get to know me and then finding me in in real life and just being like she is not what she posts right like like, I want them to correlate in a sense right I understand why people do it 
just because growing up, I've always had, I didn't know that this is what it was called until it became like a term Mm -hmm. on social media and like a term that everybody was familiar with, but body dysmorphia. Yeah. I understand wholeheartedly why people do it. So I try not to judge. I don't say anything, but I'm just like, "Mm," you know, like you don't have to do that, but I'm, I'm the same way. Like, do you have body dysmorphia? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I grew up always very thin no butt, no boobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing. Same. And I would get picked on all the time in school, like in middle school when guys are just starting to notice girls and they're like, oh, she's got a big butt and whatever. So ever since then, like I would go home. I vividly, even my brother recalls it. We were just talking about this the other day. I would go home and I would eat like three turkey sandwiches and then like fucking stack them you know what I mean sounds like me and then I would I just like would look up ways I would drink a shit ton of milk because there were like google searches that said if you drink a lot of milk like your boobs will grow Mm -hmm. like I was doing the most I was constantly eating constantly trying to gain weight and I just couldn't and it was like frustrating and then people would make comments to me like did you eat today like eat a burger you know what I mean and that just really gets to you and while, yes, you can't fat shame, but it's okay to skinny shame. Mm-hmm. It's just not okay. And it's, you know, even for, like, the skinny people that constantly get targeted about their body. Like, oh, my God, you're so tiny. That's not what I want to hear. Definitely. You know what I mean? So, I've struggled with body dysmorphia my whole life. And then when social media came around and I started following fitness influencers, I started seeing these, like, not bulky girls, but girls that had full bodies girls that quote had meat on their skin yeah girls that had meat on their bones and they looked good Mm -hmm. and so like I started getting obsessed with the gym and going like literally sometimes twice a day not knowing that that's not gonna Mm -hmm. that's not where it's at that's really like interesting you saying all this because I feel like we lived the same life Mm -hmm. but we weren't close back then so we wouldn't have known this but I literally remember you posting I don't know if it was on Facebook like when we used to update our statuses all the time but I vividly remember you saying how do you maybe it was a tweet because I remember like reposting it Uh you're like does anybody know how to gain weight on my arms because I don't know where I posted that but I 150 million percent believe that that's what I posted yeah and I remember it to this day because I reposted it because I was like I'm so sick of my stringy little arms Mm -hmm. like I want to look full yeah like not like uh powerlifter or whatever I wanted to look full I have uh, I have body dysmorphia too and growing up was always like the stick thin girl flat chested same thing no butt no boobs always a six-pack though because I was always so active with dance and cheerleading and just like doing all other sports Mm -hmm. and whatnot so I was always super active But I remember, I so vividly remember I was in middle school and I had bent over to like grab something and I had kind of a loose t-shirt on and I had a bra on, but you know when you don't have boobs and Mm -hmm. your bra doesn't really touch your chest, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of just like hovering over your nipples basically. I had bent over to grab something and there was two guys that were next to me And they saw my boobs, like they saw my nipples and they 
continuously made fun of me for not having boobs. And they would call me like a little boy and they would just like say the most ridiculous things. And I'm like, well, I can't help my boobs. I used to do, it's so silly thinking back, but I used to do crazy stuff when I would go home. I would look up how to naturally grow your boobs. Yes. I would look up foods that you need to eat Mm -hmm. to grow your boobs. I remember buying Okay. I don't know how I did this because I was a kid. So I don't know how I paid for it. Maybe it like went on a parent's credit card or something. I really don't know. It was like a $10 online workbook for how to make your boobs bigger. And it was literally all the thing was telling you was like different massages you could do. And um, I feel like maybe there was like a vitamin you could take, but I didn't end up doing that. I was just like focused on the massages. And yeah, I, I remember sitting in my bedroom on my bed in my purple bedroom thinking like, okay, what can I possibly do to grow my boobs? What can I possibly do to make them get bigger? And back then, you know, the whole growing a peach and having a fat ass, mm-hmm. like that wasn't really a thing no it was people wanted to be skinny people wanted to be skinny which I never asked to be stick thin right. I never I always looked at the girls that had meat on their bones mm-hmm. that were a little bit thicker and I was like I want to be you right. because you're beautiful mm-hmm. and I'm just a skeleton like yeah. people literally thought I was anorexic because I was so skinny and yeah. I'm just like I don't want to be told that I look anorexic like I'm trying and so going back to what you said about your turkey sandwiches when I was in college, in you can ask all my friends this, I would go to um, the dining hall mm-hmm. and I would get three bacon cheeseburgers. See? Literally all I did for two weeks straight, I was trying, which this is not how you gain weight, people. No, it's But not. this is what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, for two weeks straight, all I'm going to do is eat burgers for lunch or breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's what I did aside from like other shit in between. I literally went to the dining hall and got three bacon cheeseburgers, ate them all. And you know what I ended up having? I ended up losing seven pounds. Oh, my God. Probably because I was shitting it all out. Well, yeah, but, like, the more you eat, like, your body, your metabolism kicks up. Exactly. And And I was also working out twice a day. Yeah. I was working out in the morning and at night, Mm -hmm. and I remember going to the gym both times for, like, two hours each. So I'm working out four hours a day. Yeah. That is so fucked up. Yeah. But that's because I was trying to be what I thought was this image of beauty, Mm -hmm. and... You know, as we got older, social... I mean, at that point, social media was in full effect. But as we've gotten older, social media has taken more of a drastic turn. I could not imagine being in middle school now, mm-hmm. having social media the way that we do. Oh, my God. Because I when know. we were in middle school, we didn't have it. No. And the middle schoolers now look like they could be 18. Yeah. It's a little terrifying. When I find out that somebody... I don't know. We'll say, like, somebody that I'm... A dance teacher too mm-hmm. when I find out that they're only 15 years old and they act the way they do have the makeup that they do dress the way they do I'm like uh, like you're 15 I literally thought you were 19 or 20 right and you're not right it's crazy it is crazy and I feel like the kids nowadays are a little bit more smarter than we were as far as like body image goes but I also think they're equally just as naive and subject to yeah. having 
problems. I feel like if anything, it's worse for them now because there is so much access to social media and mm-hmm. there's so much knowledge and there's TikToks that, about like makeup and stuff. Like I have a family friend whose um, daughter, she was super young, like maybe nine or 10, already playing with makeup and like it looked way better than what I could ever do. That's insane. Like professional. Don't get me wrong. I started watching YouTube videos when I was like in sixth grade. Well, me too. But I didn't, I didn't like play with makeup. It was just me watching them to just, because I liked it. Yeah. And then seventh, eighth grade, I was like, oh, this is fun. And -hmm. then I would literally watch them religiously every morning getting Mm -hmm. ready for school and like getting ready for dance or proms or whatever. And, um, those were just fun for me, but I guess I didn't really understand back then how even those videos started to affect my self-esteem because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, these these girls have to wear like pounds of makeup to look beautiful and I 100% need to wear pounds of makeup because not only am I not as beautiful as them, but I also have really bad cystic acne, so I need to cover it all I up. remember that. Oh my God, my skin was bad. I remember because we were kind of friends, kind of not friends. And I just always remember, I never like obviously would ever say anything to anybody. Um, but I just remember how much makeup you used to wear. I used and to wear then so you much would, makeup. And then your cystic acne and everything My like that. one brother like is so kindly <laughs> makes fun of me for it to this day. Mm-hmm. But it's, a, it's just a joke now. Like I think it's funny too. I used to wear a foundation that was four shades too dark. I used to wear fucking blue eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. I used to wear heaps and heaps and heaps of mascara. Mm-hmm. So thick that it like took me eight makeup removers to get yeah. it off. And that's what I thought was like beautiful and what people liked. And I, I wasn't even doing it for myself. I was just like, people like a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see your blemishes. So we need to cover it up because that's not beautiful. And it's so funny that I'm in the line of work that I'm in as far as like being an esthetician because I mean, I don't like I wear makeup to this day, but I don't nearly wear as much as I used to. Like today I have mascara on and I literally hate wearing mascara. Yeah. Like I, it's just crazy. Like my makeup routine now is literally a little bit of foundation, a little bit of concealer, and then I use, like, a cream bronzer. And if I'm getting really fancy, I'll put blush on. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, set my makeup with powder because I'm, like, it's too cakey. Where back yeah. then, I used to put on loads, loads. and loads of powder yeah. and look like a crusty-ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. And back to the body dysmorphia stuff, I think so many women deal with this. Girls deal with this. Women deal with this. And it's not something that really just goes away. Mm-mm. Like, I still deal with it. Oh, me too. I had I had a fucking episode, like, a week ago mm-hmm. when I was getting ready to go somewhere. Yeah. I, it's so crazy how your mind works. And you have to, you have to, like, talk yourself down from a ledge because, we'll say it's Monday. I was getting ready to go somewhere. I think it was the gym. And I was just like, you're disgusting. Like, you're bloated all the time. What the fuck's going on? You definitely weigh a lot more than you used to. And I felt so shitty about myself. And then it was two or three days later, I was getting ready, I think, to go on a date with Alex. And I was like, damn, girl, like, you look good. Like, your stomach's (laughs) good. Like, your booty's growing. And I'm like, how could my mind have made that complete 180 in 48 hours? Yeah. Like, I hated myself two days ago, and now I'm like, ah, oh, you look good. And then a couple of days later, I got weighed at the doctor's office, and I was, like, 
I don't weigh myself mm-hmm. because there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody should weigh themselves. That number means nothing. Mm-hmm. But I say that number means nothing. And when I saw the number on the scale, I was like, are everything. you fucking kidding yeah. me? I was like, how the fuck do I weigh that much? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I have never weighed that much in my life. Last yeah. time I weighed that was when I was pregnant. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, no wonder why I feel like shit about myself because look at the fucking number on the scale. And then I'm like, Annie, the number doesn't mean anything. And then I'm talking to Caitlin and I'm like, why is the number this? And she's like, you're working out. Like you're being consistent. Like Mm -hmm. you're growing your body. You're getting an ass, like all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, but like, why is the number so high? It's not bad weight though. It's not bad weight. But you have to like, like when you see it initially, you're like, oh fuck. I was like, why the fuck? Like you're mad about it. I was, I was mad. I was like, I was like, I already don't want to be at this doctor's appointment. And now you're telling me that I weigh that much. Mm -hmm. I was so butthurt about it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, no wonder why my jeans don't fucking fit me. <laughs> well, that's kind of like where I am now because obviously being pregnant, um, I have never, first of all, I had a hard time getting yeah. weight to begin with. And so for me to keep going to these appointments, I literally texted you that one day that I had my appointment. I said, how much weight did you gain with Luca? Dude, I gained 50, like exactly 50 pounds with yeah. Luca. And so like I went to my six month appointment and I had already gained 25 pounds, so already, like, the heaviest I've ever been, which, when I, same thing, saw that number, and I was like, oh, my God. How did you feel? Were you, like, excited to gain weight, or were you really upset that you I were gaining weight? I was upset. Like, okay. I was initially upset because, too, when they say, like, depending on your BMI, you're only supposed, they want you to gain, like, 25 to 45 pounds. Which is so interesting because nobody ever said that to me when I was pregnant. It's, like, in this chart that they give you now. Like, they have, like, these charts. And, like, if you're overweight, they only want you gaining, like, 5 to 10 pounds just for a healthy pregnancy. So, like, obviously those charts are probably a little outdated. And it's just where they would like you to be. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the more weight you gain when you're, like, someone my size, it's good. It's good for baby. You're growing Mm -hmm. a baby. You know what I mean? So, when I first saw the number, I was, like, holy shit. Like, I'm only six months in and I've already gained, like... Like, what are the 25 next pounds? Like, I, I only have 20 pounds left to go. Yeah. And that's when I texted you, and you're like, oh, I gained 50. And then I texted another friend, and then she was like, I gained 52. So I'm like, okay. Everybody's different. Right. You look great. Thank you. You don't... Like, but, truthfully, like, I, when I was pregnant, I remember... And maybe you'll feel different when you're not pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe now you're going through a phase where you might feel, like, gross and I feel round. Like extra large. Yeah, gross yeah. and round and just like heavy and mm-hmm. you know. And I felt that way. I, I felt that way at some points of pregnancy. At the very end, everybody feels that way. But then looking at photos afterwards, you feel different. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the moment, you feel some, one thing. And then after the fact, when the baby's born, you're going to feel something else. Right, which w- that's what I was going to say because um, when you were talking about how like one day you can feel like, so shitty about yourself, and then the next day, you're like, wow, I look really good. I would go to the gym before I was pregnant. I always had that little pouch. Everyone's got that little pouch. Mm -hmm. Some days would be bigger than others, and I would be so self-conscious about it at the gym, constantly looking at it in the mirror in between sets and stuff like that. Before you were pregnant? Before I was pregnant, yeah. Like, when I was in my gym mojo, like, Mm -hmm. just going all the time and staying consistent, and I would see all these other girls who, I'm like, how the fuck do you get your little pouch flat? Like, I could not get my pouch flat for the life of me. And now when I look up pictures, like, on my time hop that come up, I'm like, oh, my God, You're it like, wasn't bitch. even that big. You're like, bitch, I was flat. I was like, it was flat. Yeah. Why was I so hard on myself? Mm-hmm. But, like, in that moment, I kept looking in the mirror. I always just looked bigger 
than I actually was. There's and this there's this quote, I can't remember it, but you'll maybe roughly understand what I'm trying to reference to. But basically, everybody is always so hard on themselves in the moment. And then as you get older, it's like when you're elderly mm-hmm. and you hear things from older people and you're just, they're telling you, you know, like you're always going to think in the moment that you're not enough or you're not fit enough or beautiful enough or whatever. But then five, 10 years go by, you look back at those photos and you're like, oh my God, I was gorgeous. Yeah. And it's just like this, this thing that keeps cycling and cycling. Like you're always going to feel that way. So it's really, I actively try to practice You know, when I get my boudoir photos taken or when I am doing photos for this or when I'm just like in a picture with somebody for that, I'm like, okay, you know what? It's really not that serious how I look right. Like, you know, I'm like, I like my left side. It's my favorite side. And, but I I always tell myself, yeah, it's nice to pose on my side, Mm -hmm. but in 10 years, am I actually going to give a shit what side I'm posing on? No, I'm going to be like, oh my God, wow, I look so good. I looked so good. Right. You know? And it's just crazy how hard, like, is it going to matter in five years? Right. Are we going to really care that fucking Mm -hmm. much in five years? But, you know, I guess for people that don't understand what body dysmorphia is, Mm -hmm. it's not just women too. I know it's for men because I know, like, my brother works out, um, Adam works out, but they're, too, constantly checking themselves out in the mirror. It's totally for men too. And... Maybe we should have, like, prefaced that. Yeah, it's not just women. Um, Because I, you know, when Adam gets in his consistent workout routines, and I'm sorry to throw him under the bus like this, but whatever. um, Like, like anybody else, he'll flex in the mirror, check his muscles, make sure he's growing, you know what I mean? But it's, like, not just, like, a quick check. It's, like, I'm posing in the mirror. And then you can see the guys at the gym that are doing that, too. They're, like, Mm -hmm. posing. They're looking at other guys, trying to compare their muscles. And it's just, I don't know. If you don't know what body dysmorphia is, the easiest way to explain it would be... You think that you look a way that you absolutely do not look in real life. That's exactly it. So, referencing back to what I was saying about a couple weeks ago, or days, whenever it was, about how Monday I looked in the mirror and felt one way, and then Wednesday I looked in the mirror and felt a different way. Like, when I tell you that I literally looked in the mirror and I thought that my cellulite had amplified times 10. I mm-hmm. thought that my stomach, like I'm also the kind of person too, where I'm a little bit self-conscious about this. If I'm not skinny and flat in my stomach, mm-hmm. people think I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I have had instances way before I was pregnant where I was, you know, like my posture wasn't the greatest and I have pretty good posture just because of dance, but like mm-hmm. I was a little bit slouchy in a photo. Somebody had messaged me and they had asked me if I was pregnant. I'm like, no, okay, I'm just not standing all, up straight. Never. never fucking ask somebody that. Never ask somebody that. But also to this day, I, I never used to have a, a little, a little pouch before I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I was super skinny, which wasn't the healthiest, mm-hmm. but now I do have that because I had a child and mm-hmm. my body's just changing. But now I feel sometimes, you know, when I am bloated or when I'm not taking care of myself physically, that pouch gets a little bit more prominent. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not standing up straight in a photo, if I don't suck in a little bit, people are going to think that I'm pregnant because it's actually how I looked when I was two months pregnant, three months yeah. pregnant. And not two months, like three or four months pregnant. So I just have this, like, stupid-ass fear, which shouldn't even be a fear because it's me caring what other people are thinking. And I – 
but that is something that I deal with. So when I looked in the mirror that day, I was like, Annie, you look like you're four months fucking pregnant. Literally get it together. Mm-hmm. And um, you need to go to the fucking gym today. And you need to fucking like do lower abs. Isn't that awful? Just because someone had made one comment one time. Yeah. It but, sticks with you. Yeah, it, it, it does. I'm like, that comment was like six, seven years ago. Comments that I got in middle school are still sticking with me. Yeah, same. It's like, crazy. It's just insane. And I guess that goes to like hand in hand with like watch what you say to people because you don't realize how, like even though you're trying to be not maybe like helpful or like joking around or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't know how that comment is going to stick with somebody. I can vividly remember certain comments that people made mm-hmm. to this day. Me too. I don't know. I just feel like it's very, things can be very detrimental. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help to when you've got, so just stepping back to like when you would cover your face and all this makeup. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help when you have friends who have flawless skin. No. When you oh had God. friends that like a lot of my close friends growing up, they all had boobs. Yeah, like, same. Not just like low boobs. Like, like they had boobies. boobs. Like, freaking boobs. I remember seeing girls in middle school who had just developed faster. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't until 2015, 2016 that I was like, you know what? My body is meant for me. I'm not meant to look a certain way. I'm meant to have smaller boobs. Obviously, that changed when I got pregnant. My boobs got bigger and all of that stuff. But, um, so yeah, I would see girls in middle school, in high school, that had these big knockers and I would be so envious of those big boobs mm-hmm. or big butt or I feel long like boobs hair. Were, when we were younger, boobs were the thing to have. It yeah. wasn't so much a butt. People wanted... Isn't that weird how it's evolved? I mean, I feel like there's always boob people that like boobs out there. But I... Like, people like a, like a nice juicy ass. Yeah, like now, like, it's the face the of craze. the ass. Yeah. It's not so much boobs anymore. Like, no one gives a shit. Like, it's... Like, people were getting boob jobs, like, left and right that I yeah. know about, and they were just, like, it was boobs. Now it's butt, and now it's, like, overall physique, like, abs and stuff like Even that. Even I remember when I was younger being, like, I love boobs. Like, I want boobs. And I loved boobs because I didn't have them. Yeah. And I was, like, I don't have them, but I admire them, and I think that they're beautiful mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I, uh... Yeah, I always longed to look like those girls. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't. I remember I wouldn't have to wear a bra. I wouldn't have to do so many things because I didn't have boobs. But also, you know, there's a there's an up and down to everything. So, like, mm-hmm. I could lay on my stomach and go to sleep at night where some people can't do that. Yeah. Or I could go braless and some people can't do that. Mm-hmm. But then there's those – everybody has their insecurities. And that's what I think for sure I was lacking yeah. in those adolescent years. Because I just thought that I was the only one that has those insecurities. Where nowadays, yeah, I have really bad body dysmorphia on occasion. But I can try to talk myself off of a Mm -hmm. ledge and say, okay, Annie, you're having a bad physique kind of day. Like, you still look great. But other people have these problems too. Yeah. You're not the only one. Other men and women have body dysmorphia and they feel like their body doesn't look a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy how the mind works. Like, literally, there's moments where I look at myself and I'm like, you're fucking disgusting. Yeah. Why do you look like that? Yeah, like, I talk to myself like that, too. Isn't that horrible? It's so horrible. Alex and I were talking the other day and he was telling me to just, like, be nicer to myself. And I was like, 
I was like, Alex, you know that I'm nice to everybody else and I'm meanest to myself. And yeah. you're just like, why? Like, why are we like that? Everybody, I feel like everybody's like that. Yeah. It's just horrible. Like, you should never talk to yourself about that. But you are you are your own worst critic. Like, yeah. That's something that we're always going to hear. A hundred percent. It's terrible. And then I feel like, too, back then, it was... I don't want to say easier or harder, but there wasn't as much information out there. Like, social media is quick information now, yeah. whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you instantly see these people, and they're like, oh, this is what I did to get to this. This is, you know, and then yeah, you're like, okay, I, that's what I have to do. Or you're just like, you know what? No, I'm in a bad headspace today. Like, yeah, whatever. Or it's social media. It's fake. But, like, for us, like, for you to go home and you bought that like book that tells you all these things of how to grow your boobs. Dude, I was like 12. Yeah, I know. And then like for me too, like that's so funny that we both had the same experience without knowing that we had the Mm -hmm. same experience. Like I, I was just Googling things. And back then Google, like literally you could search something and there was five pages. Yes, Mm -hmm. that was a thing. There was never endless pages of information, but and I would look through all five of those pages. All five pages, I all those every links. single link. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then, like, whatever information we found, that's what we had to run with. But now that we're older, we're like, okay, people don't always look like this. People have bad days. So it's easier to talk to ourselves down. Yeah. Also, there's more individuals online. Although social media is a toxic place to be, there are a lot of individuals nowadays that are trying to be relatable and vulnerable and show Mm -hmm. you, hey, it's okay to have roles and it's okay to have acne and Mm -hmm. it's okay to not be, like, you haven't washed your hair in three days. Yeah. It's normal. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have to look perfect all the time. Right. And the things that are online is what people, people think is their definition of perfection. Nobody's going to post their worst moments online. And that is something that, you know, we just have to remember. I I have to remember too. Yeah. I think that's why, too, I partially, like, blew up on TikTok kind of quick. Because when I go on TikTok, almost everybody is not all dolled up. Or Mm -hmm. at least what comes up on my For You page. Yeah, same. Like, people are just in their natural whatever, just instantly recording you know what I mean and like I've posted some vulnerable TikToks with me crying and stuff like that like you don't usually see Mm -hmm. that much vulnerability in somebody and I think that's what draws people in because it's like okay that's relatable yeah exactly and for me too like when I'm watching content I don't want to watch somebody who is literally perfect in every way like I I really don't want to use these as examples because I don't want to bash the girls and I don't want to come across as being mm, judgmental just judgmental or, or like negative mm-hmm. because they're beautiful and they're doing their thing and whatever but the two I, I hate the word influencers but the two influencers that pop into my head um one is Charlie Jordan and the other one is just Addison Rae mm-hmm. I I don't follow them, so I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But when I did used to see their content all the time on my For You page, they were just always, like, done up. And they were always performing and trying to be perfect and posing and, like, you know, being sexy. And that's great. That's great. But it's not real. Right. And for me as a viewer, I don't see any vulnerability in those. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything that I relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't follow. And I just don't care to see that. But, again, they are doing them and they're you know, thriving, but it's not, I'd rather see the mom 
on my For You page Mm -hmm. who is like, hey, let me show you my house because it's not perfect. And she's got laundry everywhere. And she's got her dishes piled up. She hasn't showered yet. She hasn't showered yet. And she's got shit on her shirt. And her kid just, like, spilled dinner everywhere and she has yet to clean it up. Like, that's the shit I want to see. Right. Because it's relatable. It's funny. Mm -hmm. It... You know, as a mother, it proves that I'm not alone. Right. It makes you feel better. Yeah. You're just like, okay. Like, we're yes. all going through this shitstorm together. Yeah. Let's stop acting like we're, we're not. not. I see a lot of people, too, that are, like, using the filters on their stories. And they're like, oh, my God, this filter is terrifying. Mm-hmm. They're, like, talking about it. They're like... I just posted something on my business Instagram the other day. I was it. like, these filters are terrifying. Yeah. I don't look like this yeah, in no. real life. It's very terrifying. But, like, some people will use those filters day in and day out because they, they're they too afraid to just show who they really are. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad to me. And I don't know. I, I like that people are acknowledging the fact that these filters are dangerous. So dangerous. That they make you look weird and whatever. I know a couple of people that have been following, um, just like friends of mine, and they make it a note. Like they make the intentional note while they're recording. Like no filter on. I want you guys to see me as raw, real me. And I can, like, appreciate that. But I know some people can get bothered by that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it goes both ways because then they're like, oh, okay, so you're not using any filter and you look good. And you're just, like, showing off how good you look without a filter. But if somebody feels that way, that's insecurities that they need to... Address with themselves. Address with themselves. Right. But I just, I know, like, some people have made comments about it, but I'm like, I like when people don't use the filter and they acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Like, good for you. Yeah. Because that takes a lot for you to not use a filter. Yeah, I think that it's okay to use a filter. Like, there's times where I'll use a subtle, I I will say, though, I do not fuck with the filters that contour the shit out of my nose. Yeah, no. Blow my lips up. Like, I don't look like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look like that. If I did, I would have fucking gotten Botox. Yeah. I would have fucking got a lip injection. Yeah. and I don't. So yeah. I don't want to look like that. But it makes me feel uncomfortable about myself. Mm-hmm. So I will use a filter sometimes that will just kind of like smooth the skin because yeah. I don't want to change my my face. I yeah. just want to like make it, I guess, aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. But I don't always – usually it's not my face in an Instagram story with a filter. It's like – Something a, else. It's like a background yeah. or a That's pretty usually, sunset or something. Yeah. It's never me. And if it is – and I use a filter. It's just like a clean filter. It's not It's not a filter that completely distorts my face. Right. And like you said, there's people that use those all the time. And I, I hope that they're not using them because they feel more beautiful with it. Because that just like breaks my heart. It all started on Snapchat. It did. It all started on Snapchat. It did. Because I was like, what the hell? Why does this person look like this? Snapchat like, really started the filters. Dog? Like, why is everybody using the dog face? Yeah. And even like that. that's where it started. Yeah. It, it, it is. Because filters weren't on Facebook. Mm-mm. They, they weren't, weren't on Instagram. No. You would just post whatever. I mean, you would change, like, the colors and stuff. Yeah, and like, the exposure and saturation. Yeah. But Snapchat but was, never Yeah, Snapchat was definitely where it started. Which is interesting. Yeah. Companies nowadays, too, are starting to recognize that. I don't know if you know this, but, like, Victoria's Secret stepped away Mm -hmm. from their fashion show. Good for them. Their swimwear. Can I tell you, when their fashion show would air every single year, this is so silly, but (laughs) when their fashion show would air every year, I would literally sit on my bed, like, on the phone with Caitlin. Mm -hmm. I would put on, like, my cutest outfit, swear to God. 
This is, this is probably, like, all throughout middle school. Mm-hmm. I'd put on my cutest outfit. I'd sit on my bed. I'd watch the fashion show, and I would be like, oh, my God, her body is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that million-dollar Swarovski crystal yes. bra. Like, I'm going to go to buy something at Victoria's Secret that rep- represents that so I can pretend. And I'm just like, that's not it. No. Why the fuck was I sitting there watching those fashion shows in seventh grade? That was dumb. Yeah. That was real stupid. Mm-hmm. That really helped my self-esteem. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so good for them for, because that shit, like, needed to stop. Well, I think they got a lot of heat, too. They caught a lot of heat because they were only promoting bodies that were tall and skinny. Mm -hmm. And then they stopped with their swimwear line for a little bit, and they took a step back and started Mm rebranding. But I think because of who they were for so long... Like, I don't know anybody that buys Victoria's Secret anymore. Me either. Like, it used to be the place to go for all yeah. your underwear and, like, undergarments and stuff. I don't know anybody that goes there anymore. Mm-mm. Like, they lost a lot of, of business. Because and... they're not inclusive to other people. It's literally tall, skinny. Yeah, tall, skinny, blonde. Tall, skinny, blonde. And even though they took a step back and rebranded, it's still people remember who they are. Like, you're stuck with the image in your head. Mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret, tall, skinny, blonde. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you have all these other brands, like, let's say, Aerie. Like, if you go That's on like their website. That's the only way I go to get my bras Yeah, me too. When you look at their website, they've got people that are handicapped. They've got people that stretch marks. just looks, they look normal. Fucking they don't normal. edit them. You know what I mean? They have bellies. They have cellulite. They have um, medical devices. They're white, black, Asian. Like, they're yeah. all different races. Yeah. and Like, they're not one is the same. No. Which is so nice to see. Mm-hmm. It's so relatable. And then it makes those people that, like you and me, we're average people. We're not anything, I mean, we like to say we're fucking great, you know? Yeah. But we're not those supermodels. Yeah. And it's just relatable. It's the average person to relate to. So I think that's why Aries is doing so well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of companies are now acknowledging body dysmorphia, I feel like. And they're trying Which to make Which is really amazing. Feel better. Because it helps people... I hopefully it's helping people to feel less alone mm-hmm. in their fight against, you know, body issues that are driven by social media. And it's just nice to support a company yeah. that gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, another company I think of is Rare Beauty. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever used their products. Mm-hmm. Their products are amazing. They are. And I love that I think it's 1%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think about a billion-dollar company, it's a decent amount. Yeah. Could be more, but we'll take what we can get. They donate to mental health. The meaning behind the business, Rare Beauty, is that, like, you're rare. Your mm-hmm. beauty is rare. Right. And that's you being rare is a beautiful thing. Right. And I totally stand by that because their ads and everything, they have people of all different races, ethnicities mm-hmm. that are representing their company. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Right. Not everybody's blonde or a brunette. Like, there's redheads. There's right. people with all different looks that are being represented and i think that's really beautiful for Mm -hmm. companies to do that or start to do that and i feel like they get more traction that way too Mm -hmm. you get more customers and because there's more average looking people than there are perfect because you're being real you're not being yeah you're not it's not posed it's not it's not fake. Yeah. It's not fake. It's relatable and people want it. People want to see that. Right. I know for me right now, just to backtrack a little bit, um, obviously I'm pregnant. I tear myself apart every morning just looking at my belly and stuff like that. Or even at the end of the day. It's usually at the end of the day because after I've eaten and all this stuff. You're your like, heaviest at the end of the day Yeah, when you're pregnant. But 
you know, I'm not supposed to be eating gluten because it bothers my stomach. But right now I'm like, well, it, so initially when I would eat gluten, not pregnant, it would make me look pregnant. So then I would just avoid it at all costs. Plus it gave me a lot of like intestinal issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm just like, well, I'm round anyway, so I might as well eat it. But then I feel like an asshole at the end of the day. And then I know so many, like so many people are pregnant right now and they're posting on social media and I'm constantly comparing myself to, mm. I'm like, okay, we're a week apart. You look like that. And I look like this. So or being pregnant you... doesn't stop your self-esteem issues. Yeah. At all. I, I, I feel like I've been, it's been a little bit more enhanced. So I have a coworker too that's a couple weeks ahead of me. Mm-hmm. She's shorter. She doesn't have much room for baby to go. And, you know, coworkers are constantly talking about like how big she is. Mm. And I hate that. Sometimes people come up to us and be like, oh, how far apart are you? Because holy shit, like before, like I wasn't showing when I was around five, six months. Mm-hmm. And they're like, when are you ever going to start showing? What the hell? And I'm like, I don't... It's funny that people think that when you're carrying a child that you can kind of just, like, say whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't make a pregnant person feel better for you to say, oh, my God, you don't even look pregnant. Like, it doesn't make you feel good (laughs) to say that. Like, because... Like, you want to look pregnant or you don't want to look pregnant or it just depends on the person. But I remember... I, so that's weird because, like, for me, it's not weird, but for me when I was pregnant, I remember people being like, you look so good pregnant, and I was like, oh, I look so good pregnant. Like, I fed off of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, like, that's so kind. Like, maybe I really do look good where um, when I got to, like, the end of my pregnancy, sometimes I would hear, like, oh, my God, like, how far along are you? And then right. I would go the opposite Are you direction. sure there's not two in there? And I'm like, <laughs> it's not funny. Right. It's not funny. And, like, people people mean well by it, but it's... They do, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, shut up. They do, but just shut the fuck up. Honestly, though, I was um, someone that used to say things like that because mm-hmm. I was never pregnant before. But like, right, you don't know until right, you're pregnant. Right, my friends were older, and I would be like, no, wait, you're just having one. And they're like, yes, I'm just having one. Or, like, like, people will say shit about how much you're eating, and I'm like, bitch, I'm fucking eating for two here. Right. Me and the child. I've been getting a lot of comments like that, too. Like, at work... Again, people mean well, but they I don't see them every day. Mm-hmm. When I see them once a week and, like, the weeks keep going, they're like, like, I got a comment the other day. Someone was like, wow, you're really rounding out. Like, you're you're getting large. And I was like, oh, thanks. Right. Makes me feel really good. So I was just messing with them back, and then they felt like shit after. They're like, oh, my God, that's not what I meant. Like, I meant, like, you and baby are growing. Like, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Like, they tried to save themselves. I was like, I brushed it off, started laughing. I was like, I'm just messing with you. If you're listening and you are thinking about saying something to somebody, whether it's a male, female, pregnant, not pregnant, literally don't say anything unless it's kind. Like, think twice about what you're going to say because pregnant or not pregnant, people are sensitive Mm -hmm. to their bodies and nobody wants to be felt like shit about their body because yes, you can change your body and yes, you can work out and you can change your diet and do all of that, but... Not everyone is fortunate enough to have no health problems. Mm -hmm. Like some people might have a thyroid issue or maybe you're pregnant and you do have a thyroid Mm -hmm. issue. Like that's going to fluctuate your weight. That's going to fluctuate how you look and feel and all of that. So you just never know. And that's why it really bothers me, especially because I have the experience of being pregnant and having, um, having like people say some things to me on occasion. It's not 
okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to say something to someone about their body. Yeah. That is so, that's like so personal. Yeah. And like, even if you're just trying to be facetious, like my dad, this is, my dad to my brother mm-hmm. always says that he's got a spare tire mm-hmm. around his belly. <laughs> he calls his like little muffin top his spare tire. Uh-huh. My brother's like, you guys are assholes. And like, we all just laugh about it, but still I'm like, I know how it feels for somebody to say something like that. So yeah. like, I can only imagine how he feels like, yeah, he's laughing about it now, but he's probably like, well, shit, I got to go to the gym again this week because yeah. I have a spare tire around my mm-hmm. abdomen or it's just never a good idea to talk about somebody's body. No, never. And it's like, you want to give compliments, but just be careful with what you're saying Like, you could just keep it simple and say, you look great. Right. You look great. You don't have to be like, wow, that ass is getting puff fat. Yeah. Because what if someone's, like, trying to slim down that ass? Yeah, what if they don't don't want it to look like that? You don't know. You just say, you look great. What if you, like, you don't even have to say, like, what have you been doing? You look great. Just, you look great. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to be upset if you say that short phrase. Right. You know? So, and I also think, too, just by implementing you look great to somebody could help deteriorate their body dysmorphia. Just be like, you're so beautiful. Yeah, like, you, you look beautiful today. I feel like even that can get to people when you say today and they're like, oh, well, I didn't look beautiful yesterday. I think that's the person's problem. Yeah. That's the only, like that, if you said that to me and I was double guessing it, I mm-hmm. would, that's me. But you know how some people have said that? Oh, before? for sure. They're like, yeah. oh, so I didn't look good yesterday, but I look good today. And yeah, that fully shows somebody's insecurity mm-hmm. because that's just how they think. Maybe that person didn't see you yesterday. Yeah. So how are they going to know what you look like yesterday? Yeah. You know, and I, I think too with social media, we sometimes feel like uh, we don't deserve a compliment and which is kind of like what you just said. Oh, you look beautiful today. What about yesterday? Just take the compliment. Right. You know, like don't look into it. You look beautiful today. Just, like, stay present in the moment, you know? But it's hard for some people to just not... It is hard. And some people feel like they're not deserving. And I think a little bit, just briefly touching on it, kind of goes into imposter syndrome, which is something I deal with. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you deal with that. I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. So, uh, I'll just pull up the definition right now to give our listeners the accurate um, definition of it. So imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort or skills. So basically if I, let's say I make a thousand dollars because I've worked hard at gaining clients and they've booked my services, my mind will tell me, you don't deserve that $1,000 because you're not that good at your job. Mm. Even though I just booked clients and they paid and they had services done and they loved it, my mind will tell me, you're not good. Stop telling yourself that. That $1,000 is absolutely nothing. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had that. Really? I mean, like, if someone... That's amazing because I, I don't know anybody that, like, personally that deals with imposter syndrome. Cause I, Other than myself. I feel like if I, like, when it comes to a birthday or something like that, and, like, people go overboard and do all these things for me, that's when I would feel like that. But I feel like, like oh, I don't deserve all this I feel stuff. like that is, mm, I feel like and that's... a little different, but... Uh, that is different. I do think that's maybe, like, a piece of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But 
for me, imposter syndrome has to do with... Like, working hard. Like, praise I get from work. Yeah. I guess it could be personal stuff, too. But, yeah, if I... That's more of a natural thing, like your birthday. Like, you can't help that. Yeah, like, if I booked a... Like, I don't know. We'll say I booked a role Mm -hmm. in a movie. I would literally be like, I don't deserve this. Yeah. Why did they give this to me? Right. Even though that's what I wanted and worked hard for it. Mm -hmm. I still tell myself, like, uh, you're really not that good. That's tough. Yeah. I'm just trying to think for myself. I, I really, truly don't think I've ever experienced anything like that. And I don't know if that's just because in my field of work, it's not... Like, if I do hard work, I'm not rewarded for it on mm-hmm. a basis like you are. Because you're running your own business. You know or I mean? another example is for Christmas this year, some of my dancers' parents had given me gifts. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple gift cards. I got a couple... Um, like food, Christmassy food items, mm-hmm. like hot cocoa cookies, all of that. And I like added up all the money that I had been given from them, like in gift cards and all of that. And I'm like, I don't deserve this. Yeah. Like, why are you giving, why are you giving me a $50 Amazon gift card? Like, I don't, I don't deserve this at all. So I'm not really sure where that stems from for me. Like me trying to think about that. I'm not sure where it stems from, but I know that social media, body mm-hmm. dysmorphia, like they all play a role together they're all relatives of the same family Mm -hmm. and they all affect one another so when you have one it affects the other one and then it makes you feel this way and then it's hard to get out of this but um it actually says underneath imposter syndrome that people suffering from this may be increased may have an increased risk of anxiety and i have really bad anxiety Mm -hmm. that is not diagnosed but I, I know that I have really bad anxiety just from, like, therapy sessions and all that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that stuff, like, will affect my anxiety. Or my anxiety actually will inf- affect those things. So, yeah, if you guys have imposter syndrome, I think I might put a poll up or something on our Instagram page. Because uh, I'm interested. Or maybe I'll put one up for body dysmorphia, too. Because the conversation is now open. Yeah. Because, like, that's something that I can't speak on, but if you reach out to us, you know, that's definitely something that Annie can maybe provide guidance on or... Yeah, if you guys have any questions about that. Um, Because, again, I don't know many people that have imposter syndrome or deal with that, so if you you deal with it, I want to know. And if you tell me, I'm not going to share that with anyone else. I just... Sometimes I feel like I'm alone with imposter syndrome or body dysmorphia, even though Mariah just said that she deals with it too, but... I, obviously there's people out there that are going through it too. So if we can be a piece of mind for those people, mm-hmm. then we want to do that. I think a lot of these things are a lot more common than people like to acknowledge mm-hmm. and talk about. And, Definitely. Um, something like imposter syndrome, that's something new to me. So, I mean, you can look at other people and realize like why the, why they act the way that they do mm-hmm. or why they do the things that they do because it's probably because they're suffering from all these things like the people that use filters all the time. Mm-hmm. It's probably because they have body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. That's For something sure. to consider. It's not like because they want to look perfect 24-7. It's because they don't think they look perfect. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I don't know. Definitely. So with everything that social media has portrayed, given us, have you ever taken a break from social media? 
Yes. Recently. Like a, like a detox? Oh, yes. I've never done that. Oh, my goodness. It is so important. I wish I would have done it sooner. Mm-hmm. I think I think I did it. So I had COVID the first week of January. And it was after that my quarantine that I was like, I have been on my phone all week, 24-7. I need to get off of it. So I told myself that I was going to delete. I didn't delete my accounts. I just deleted the apps off of my phone. So I deleted... Facebook and Instagram, I kept TikTok because TikTok gives you, for me anyway, this was personal, so you can kind of like cater to your own needs, but I kept TikTok because I get different things from that. I get Mm -hmm. work stuff. I get funny stuff. I get educational stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be on it all the time. I usually am only on it around bedtime. So that's what I did. I deleted Facebook, Instagram, kept Snapchat, but I don't use Snapchat ever. I have like three friends on it. So for me, that was just what worked. So I deleted it for, I think I gave myself a goal of a week Mm -hmm. and I ended up having it deleted, all deleted for about a month. And when I had re-downloaded, the first couple days were hard. The first couple days I was going back into my folder on my phone, trying like to like habitual. open Instagram yeah, yeah, as a habit. And I was like, oh, that it really shows you just how many times a day you go onto mm-hmm. the app, even though on the app it has all the analytics and all of that. But like, you just don't realize the, it. you don't realize just the process of you going back to your freaking folder. You're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I am addicted. Mm-hmm. So, and for me too, I have business accounts. So it wasn't just me going on my personal, it was me going on my business. So on my business page, I had posted like, hey, I'm going on a social media hiatus for a little bit. I'll be back. Reach me on email, which made me feel more comfortable about going on a little break. So with that, I ended up downloading Instagram and Facebook again about a month later. And I noticed that I was barely going on it. So you know how on your phone, yeah, which is really good. So you know how when you go on your phone, you have your homepage and then you can swipe. Mm -hmm. So uh, my social media apps are all on my homepage in a folder. And when I had re-downloaded them, they went to the last page of my homepage. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't seeing them all the time, which actually really, they're still on my last page, which really helps me not go on them as often. Um, so I noticed the first like week or two back to social media, I ended up going on Instagram like once or twice a day. Mm -hmm. And I even posted to my business page, Hey guys, I'm going to be cutting back on social media. I'm only going to be checking it a couple times a week. And I think that's really important as a business owner. I put up that boundary, Yeah. but also you have to put up that boundary with yourself. Forget a business. Mm -hmm. You have to do that with your personal life as Mm -hmm. well. So people, I realize people don't need to know what you're doing every time, every moment of the day. No. You don't need to know what somebody else is doing every moment of the day. Right. The people that mean something to you, you're texting. Right. You know, you can or you're call. involved in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's accounts that you go to for entertainment, but find other entertainment. Mm-hmm. Find a show to watch. Read a book. Go for a walk. Do pick a new hobby. Um, play with your child. You know, like other mm-hmm. things. You don't have to be on social media 24-7. Mm-hmm. So it's really not easy. And I think that for people that want to try this, maybe go for three days. Mm-hmm. maybe go for five days, make it a week. If you make it a week and can go longer, do that. Like just push yourself. But I think even just a three day detox is really smart for people. Yeah. For myself, again, I try to go farther because I really wanted to just like social media was really getting to me. I was mm-hmm. like crying all the time. My anxiety was horrible. Yeah. I was comparing myself and I was just like, I need a break. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up with doing this 24 yeah. seven. And it really did help me. 
And I think I might go on another detox at some point, maybe in the next like month or so. Um, My goal is to go on a detox like every month. That's a good goal to have. Yeah. I know, I know several people that have gone on social media detoxes or cleanse or breaks, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them did keep TikTok too. I was going to say that's a very common app. I think people keep because it's not an app where you can sit there and constantly compare yourself to whatever. I mean, you can as far as like, oh, that video went viral over that. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's completely different. So, um, I know people that do keep TikTok, but for like me, why I've never gone on a full detox is because first of all, I sleep all day. I work all night. Mm -hmm. So trying to look at social media, I barely have the time to do that. Barely have time to respond to texts and things like that. So, and I'm doing, like, a bunch of other things, you know, podcast editing, the pregnancy, I am searching for a second career, like, all these things. So, I stay very busy. And then when I am on my phone, I'm usually FaceTiming somebody, which also helps mm-hmm. me to not be on those apps. So, I I guess I self-cleanse without deleting the apps. And that's good, too. You don't have yeah. to necessarily delete the apps. It's, that's just what works for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll check them at night and whatever. Or... I'll watch a lot of um, Netflix or whatever on my phone. That way I can't use my phone for other things. Like, I'm, yeah. like I'll play it in the background and do what I have to do, like chores and stuff. Like, I'll play a movie and put my yeah. iPads in. And that way I'm not using my phone, mm-hmm. just sitting there aimlessly scrolling. So I guess whatever a detox looks, for you, looks like for you, do it. Yeah, it doesn't have to look the same all around. Yeah. You don't have to go on a four-week detox like I did. Yeah. You could do what Mariah does and keep it on your phone, but just limit yourself yeah like be like i can only be on instagram for 20 minutes a day mm-hmm. or an hour mm-hmm. like if you're on it all day like try to like slim it down exactly two hours you know what i mean it's, it's or if you feel overnight. like it's really a problem and you're on it 24 7 posting 24 7 then delete the app mm-hmm. keep your account delete the app that's what just i just give it a break just give it a break because I know some people that post all day long. And they some do. people have to for their job if you're yeah. an Instagram influencer. But there's some people that post to post. And I'm like, I don't have time. I for have sure, time for that. I, I so understand if it's if you're making money from it mm-hmm. and it's work-related. Because that is work-related if you're making yeah. money. Anything you're doing making money is work. So if you are doing it for that... I totally get it. Right, because that's your nine to five. Yeah, but if you're just doing it to do it and you're you're not, if it's not fulfilling you, you're just kind of doing it because you have nothing else to fucking do. Maybe just reevaluate, take a step back and be like, okay, I need to find something else to do that's healthier for me because that's not healthy. You know, it's taking up your time, but you're wasting your time. Right. So there's just other things you can do. And when I went on that little detox, I noticed that my mental health started to clear. I started to be more positive. I stopped comparing. I started having more time to do other things. Like if there's a section of my house that wasn't being, that was being neglected, I was like, all right, I'm going to go like reorganize this. Mm -hmm. Or I have extra time to play with Luca or let's, you know, I'm not going to be on my phone right now. How about we paint instead or we do this and that. So I am fully aware that I get consumed by social media because I have so many accounts that I manage Mm -hmm. um, as far as work goes. So it is tricky because I have to set those boundaries and I feel like because they're on my Instagram and I can, I can go to them all the time whenever I want when I need to be more diligent about when I do that. So that's something that I have 
actively been working on since that detox. And I've also noticed that my anxiety has reduced because I'm not on social media 24 seven. Yeah. And um, it just creates a better positive mind and you sleep better mm-hmm. and you're get, it, you, there's nothing but good things that come out of giving yourself a social media detox. Right. So you highly recommend. I highly recommend. I also recommend just from friends that have done it. And then for me, like doing it on my own without going to the extent of deleting the apps. I just think it's so good for people to just get off the freaking phone, get yeah, off the internet, just get off of it. Honestly, like live your life. I just remember the days, it feels so long ago, but the days when social media didn't exist or it just started to exist. And you think about how much time you consume with a screen in your eyes, a computer, a phone, iPad. Mm -hmm. Like, stop straining your eyes. Yeah. Go talk to somebody face-to-face. Go do something. Read a book. Mm-hmm. Take up a new craft. Like, something. go do a load of laundry that's been sitting there, but you haven't been doing it because you'd rather be scrolling. Like, I get it, but I think that for those of you who are dealing with anxiety, depression, bad sleep, your negative mindset, you're not taking care of yourself, you're comparing 24-7, you have no free time. Do you have free time, but you're just using it on social media? Because we all do, right? but you just have to be, You. it's a self-respecting self-care. Respect yourself enough to give yourself a limit on what you consume. Mm-hmm. If that means cutting back in a day, cutting back in a week, detoxing for a couple days or whatever, do that if you know that it's going to give you positive effects. Right. I agree. It's so simple. It's so simple, but it's so hard for a lot of people to do. It is. So it's like, yeah, we can sit here and spew off all this information, but for somebody to actually do it, it's going to... Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's times, too, where I'm... Right now, with everything going on in the world, I'm, like, so saturated of Mm -hmm. making sure that I stay up to date, Mm -hmm. which is not like me because I hate watching the news, hate anything about the news, but I feel, because I am personally affected by it, that Mm -hmm. I need to stay up to date. for sure. When... I, I need to learn to give myself a break right now yeah. from everything. Because it can get heavy. So heavy. Especially because you've got all these different news outlets and things like that. Like, it's not just social media. It's, like, the entertainment world, mm-hmm. the just the news. Like, you can get overstimulated by it all. And you're exactly. like, what, what is right? What's going on? Like, it's just too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if anybody is debating on having a social media hiatus or taking time away and you're kind of skeptical about it you feel like you can't do it or you feel like you're going to be so bored without it my best piece of advice is to think of yourself as the prize and that people don't need to have access to you 24 7 because you're not a prize if they do right i don't know i I felt like this is a really good discussion to have yeah, an open discussion. I mean, it's an open conversation now, so mm-hmm. our DMs are open. Doesn't just stop here. No. This um, is a conversation that could actually go on forever. I know, because we could sit here forever mm-hmm. and talk about it. But yeah, reach out to us if you guys um, need any more insight. You just want somebody to talk to, someone to relate to, or hear. Um, DMs are open, comments are open. Whatever you, whatever you want. Yes. Remember, social media is not real life. Things are posted that are perfected, not what is actually real. Just don't be so hard on yourself. 
Don't be so hard on yourself. Like Annie said, talk nicely to yourself. Yes. Be nice. Talk nice. Talk to yourself how you would talk to another person. Right. And if you need a sign to turn off your phone, please finish this episode first and then turn off your phone. phone. (laughs) If you've made it this far and you need a sign. This is it. This is it. Now's, Now's the time. Now is the time to give yourself a break. Close this out. Go do something. Yes. But thank you for tuning in. Yes. We appreciate you. This This is an important conversation. Very important. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We appreciate your support. We would love for you to leave us a review on the platform that you're tuning in on. New episodes air every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For more up-to-date info, follow along with us on Instagram at nlu.podcast.